All right, I'm back with my brother Matt for another episode of The Rehashables, episode four, pal. Here we are. It's crazy. Already four in, and I feel like kind of hitting our stride now because I love doing this because it literally like forces me to watch new stuff because I have to watch something new to talk about. And, and it's like, it's kind of getting into a good rhythm a month to month. Yeah, I, you know, same here. So I end up having, you know, three, four, five things to watch and we get a chance to talk about it and it's a freaking blast. Yeah, it's so. like one show pretty much is what you can do and then the rest are mostly like movies or documentaries or something like that. Yeah, you have yeah, to be really to watch two shows. Right? I mean, two shows, eight to ten episodes per show, that's like watching 20 movies basically or like 15 movies, you know, something like yeah. that. So it, that's definitely a lot. So it's usually one show and a bunch of movies. Out of the four that we've done so far, this is the one where I'm like, these are... I, I say four things I've watched this month, three of the four, I'm like, that this was like awesome, like great things that I, I feel like I really, really enjoyed watching. So I'm excited to talk to you about it. I know the thing that we're probably going to spend the most time on and mm-hmm. talk from the top, that's the thing I'm actually most excited to talk about since we've even been doing this podcast. Beyond that, it's kind of a little bit of a different month for me. It's incredibly insane, it's just with travel and different stuff. I do have four things to discuss. They're not mind-blowing. Some of them are kind of funny, but I'm ready definitely to talk about this this first thing. So. Why don't you stop? Yeah. What are we rehashing first? The first thing we're re- probably going to be rehashing is, is Gen V. So Gen V is on Amazon Prime show. It's a spinoff show of one of my and your favorite shows, The Boys, which has run three seasons so far. And it's a spinoff. It's a spinoff show. Didn't have any of the main characters of The Boys in it. People were kind of skeptical on how it would be. And I'm telling you, 10 minutes in, you watch this show, it grabs you, and you are like, if you like the boys, you are all in on this show, which I know I was for sure. So I watched the trailer when it first came out, and I thought the trailer looked good. Yeah. But you never know with spinoff shows if they're going to be the same level of quality, the same feel. Like something that comes to mind is the show called The Continental, which is a spinoff of mm-hmm. John Wick Universe. I don't know if you know what mm-hmm. I'm talking about. And I didn't watch it, but when I watched that trailer, I was kind of excited. I like John Wick movies. We've talked about one of them on the podcast and then even others on previous podcasts. So I'm like, oh, I'm really looking forward to this Continental show. But then I read the reviews, and it was just like basically a garbage show. doesn't live up yep. to the standard of the movies. Yep. You know, so you never know if that's what you're getting when it comes to something like Gen V. But I have to tell you, after finishing it, I feel like it was on par, quality level, writing, the feel, the budget, the effects. You could watch five minutes of Gen V and know that it was set in the boys' universe without seeing anything else. There's no... There's no show like it because the boys, I, I think it was when we taught like five seasons of TV ever or whatever. The boys, season three made my list. The boys is literally probably my, probably my favorite show on, on TV. I love the boys, but I'm always so hesitant to recommend it to people because there's a weird, it, it walks, it does an incredible job of walking this fine line of like, it's funny and like crazy outlandish, but also like the stories it's telling and the commentary it's saying on society is so perfect. Um, and it just walks this line so, so wonderfully. That's very well said. Because it does comment on a lot of different things and does it in a real well done way. But there are some weird things in it, like you said. So, yes. you know, here I am, you know, I'll post on, a, on Instagram a story that I gave this A- minus or something like that. Yeah. And then someone that I know professionally will like that story. And I'll be like, okay, that person's a freaking weirdo too. You know, like, <laughs> um, you almost like, Judge them a certain way if they've seen the boys. Okay, they're into like weird stuff and they've seen all this yeah. like 
weird sex stuff and these dick yep. things. Like you said, I wouldn't recommend the boys or Gen V to uh, to mom. I wouldn't recommend it to my boss. Yeah, yep. yeah. So it's yep. like a certain type of person. But once you've seen it and if you like it, it's, it's a pretty awesome show. It's incredible. The quality of it is incredible. Like I said, the social commentary on it is like, it's nuts. Like the things mm-hmm. that they, t- they talk about, uh, about just like overreactions and, and you know, uh, these the superheroes. And, and can we get a little spoiler? So. The stuff is, uh, so Gen V, again, spinoff of, of the boys and these superheroes. And when you start with season one of the boys, you don't know how these superheroes are superheroes, okay? You think they're just born this way and that's how they are. And the superheroes think they're born this way. As a and when you see superheroes, just so yes. you know, it's like people that have powers, you know, yes. and they all have, yes. it's like a variety of different powers. Some people fly, some people are super strong. Yep. They're all kind of based off of superheroes you've seen in X-Men type stuff or Superman type stuff. So anyways, that's what you mean by superheroes. So, exactly. And I shouldn't say superheroes because probably 80% of them aren't like good people. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, if these people had these powers, how would they possibly uh, abuse it and mm-hmm. stuff? But the big spin thing is that you find out is that when these people were very, very young, when they're babies, their parents signed them up for this program in order to inject them with something in order for them to get powers. And I thought one of the things this show did great because it takes place on a college campus is it really like dives into like those parents. Like what kind of parent must you be to like inject your baby with this stuff to give them super superpowers? And I thought this show did a really good job of just kind of unraveling what that parent-child relationship is like. Yeah, was some good points. The, the main character is Marie, and she's awesome. I actually thought she was a great main character. Yeah. I, don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if you would agree. But oh, yeah. one of the things that she struggled with is that she killed her parents when she found out about her, about her powers that are more blood-related. Yeah. We accidentally, in front yes. of her sister... And obviously it's shaped the person that she is throughout her life. And obviously on the show, it's a big part of things. But then there's another character on the show called Kate and she has a different set of powers, but she says a comment about like, don't feel bad for your parents for one mm-hmm. second because yep. they injected you with this stuff. And not that I hundred percent agree with it. It was just like <laughs> yeah. a different spin on things. It's like, obviously you feel bad if you kill your parents and that's, you know, that's something you would have to live with. But like, they did do this to you. Like they you know, it's not like it makes it okay, but it is it is this weird thing where there is like kind of two sides to it a little bit. And there's interesting perspective. So yeah, I completely agree. A couple a couple other things. I don't know if you know this, you know Golden Boy? It was Patrick Schwarzenegger. It's uh, Arnold's kid or whatever. What? So, so, yeah, Golden Golden Boy is Patrick Schwarzenegger. So he's in So he's is in, Patrick Schwarzenegger a side action kid or like one of his kids with Maria Schreiber? No, one of his kids with Maria Schreiber. It's not like uh, the, the, the side the action kid one that no yeah, if you watch an Arnold documentary, which is great, they actually talk about that kid. And he's doing really well. I would not have thought he was Arnold Schwarzenegger's son. No, I mean, he's, he's awesome. Yeah, yeah so he's, he's so good. Nice. Good for good for him for you know getting in this role. I, you know, we're big Arnold guys. Thought he was great. I thought one of my my favorite characters of the show though was uh, that one episode with Tech Knight, who was like that enhanced Sherlock Holmes kind of like superpowers. Yeah. I used to yeah. Tech Knight, incredible name. His powers, like some of these people's powers are just borderline hilarious. And his powers was he can tell, he's like a detective, but he can tell like when you're lying, can tell your heart rate, can tell when you're sweating and all this kind of stuff. I thought he was a great, a great character. Help two other things. The puppet, there's just one puppet scene. And sometimes the boys have done this in the past where they take this ultra violent kind of thing that happens. And he did it with like puppets because the, the main character was. Oh, when Sam was yeah. in that tunnel? 
Yeah. Sam was in the tunnel. And I, no show can get away with that. Like, all of a sudden, because he's kind of has mental problems happening, he starts seeing these people as puppets. And I just thought that was just such a cool way to kind of tell this story. And it totally fit in with the voice. So they showed part of it in the trailer. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, what? You know, how is that even going to work out into the show? And yeah, it was great. Really well done. <laughs> Shot well. It's not, it's not weird when you're seeing it. You're like, okay, this makes sense. It makes total sense. It makes total sense. Which, again, I can't think of another show that does that. And lastly, I think one of the funniest characters from The Boys that bleeds over into Gen V, and we'll talk about how the connection is and mm-hmm. stuff like that, is The Deep. I just think The Deep is the funniest. They, they, people make fun of him. He's so funny and awkward and great. And there's just that one scene where it's showing all of this, all of the superheroes that have gone to this school and done, done amazing. They show Maeve ranked number one in crime fighting. Showed A-Train ranked number one in crime fighting. Showed The Deep ranked sixth or whatever. It's like these like little digs that they would yeah. have for The Deep. It was so freaking funny. But I, if you want to talk at all about the connection, because this is why I thought this, this show was so good. Because spinoffs don't necessarily do it as well. But mm-hmm. the connection that this show had to the boys was just incredible. I don't know if you wanted to talk about that at all. Yeah, I'm interested what you think the main connection is. Like, for me, just to get, kind of get back to the school, this is a school where these kids that are, like, budding superheroes are going to, and they're trying to, like you said, rank the kids, and which one of them is going to go to the seven. The seven is, like, this yeah. superhero team. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like this school is a feeder system into the seven, right? At the same time, the school, it's not what it seems, yeah. right? Like, you think people think of it as a school, and they're going to learn how to use their superpowers and kind of go from there and fight crime and all that stuff. But really, Vought, who put this compound V together, that's the stuff that gets injected into the kids, kind of set the school up as a way to study the kids. There's a certain amount of kids that are underneath the school being observed. So there's, like, this darker side to the overall school. So the way it bleeds into the boys is just that connection of getting to the seven and the connection with Vought and how they're involved. There are some characters that yep. come into Gen V. The first one, outside of like that mention of some of the, like A-Train is in that first episode. There is mention of Maeve in the Deep. But like, I think when it really became a, a strong connection was when Newman came over, Victoria Newman yep. was yes. in that episode. That was like a very, very strong connection. Yes. What did you think of that episode? I thought that was great. I thought her whole thing and how they cast an actress that looks exactly like AOC. I, you know, I just think that's so funny because that's exactly who she is. But you got to find out her, her dark side and stuff in the show was. This show takes place, I think, a few days after season three of The Boys. So, like, it literally picks up right where The Boys left off. And then I read that The Boys season four is picking up right after where Gen V kind of takes off. So you have these like, little things, like, happening. They mention the seven and they mention Vought. My big thing, and this is the biggest spoiler, was the ending when our boy, Homeland, who is the main bad guy in The Boys, shows up in Gen V. And that's when I thought they were like, it shows a home run if we get have Homelander come involved. I knew Homelander was going to come at some point. I, I, just, I, I, like, I guess I didn't know, know that, but I just felt like he had to come at some point. Once you saw like Victoria Newman, and once they had other like small cameos, it's like they had to have Homelander come. And honestly, yeah. that the way that finale was kind of breaking, it almost seemed like Homelander was the only way it was going to resolve itself. Yes. Homelander yeah. is Superman, but the most psychopathic guy being Superman that you could possibly imagine. Anytime yep. you see him on the boys, you have no idea 
what's going to happen. Anything's on the table. He's a freaking complete lunatic. So yes. finale of Gen V, you're probably not listening to this if you haven't even seen this at this point, yeah. but like finale of Gen V, all shit's hitting the fan at this school. These superhero people are killing other people. Anyways, it's going out of control. And then Homelander comes and basically kind of stops it. And honestly, the way that it happened was a little bit surprising. Like it was basically resolved by the time Homelander came. And yes. then the next thing you saw, it, there was a set of people that were the bad people and a set of people that were trying to fight the bad people. Yeah. And once Homelander came, kind of cut to white, I think. And then when it came back, the people that you perceive are good are the people that are locked away. Yeah. And the news is portraying the bad people as the good people. And it just yeah. kind of leaves on this cliffhanger of what's going to happen next. And I'm honestly all in. It's been renewed for season two, and I can't wait to see what happens. Me too. It's my favorite show. I, lo I loved it. Good for them for hitting a home run. Good for Amazon Prime. Again, if you're still listening to this at this point, I could not recommend it enough. It's, it's no one awesome is listening job. to this right now. Guaranteed. But yeah, absolutely. I, I, do want, yeah. I do want to say one other thing about Victoria Newman. Yep. I loved the reveal that her power is the same Work. thing as Marie's power. Because, quick thing on Victoria Newman, no one knows that she has any powers. Yes. She, she's a vice presidential candidate. She's very much about keeping the superheroes' powers in check and all that sort of stuff. And she has this ability that you find out through watching the show that she makes people's heads explode. But you never know that it's her doing it yeah. in the moment yep. until the reveal yep. happens. And then she does it, I think, one other time after you realize that it's her. But the whole time that they show Marie, you don't realize what her powers are capable of. And then they have this interaction in season, in I think it was episode six, and Newman's talking to Marie, and she basically reveals that they have the exact same powers and that she's never seen anyone else that has it. So it's like knowing what Marie's capable of now is just yes. like, I look at her a little bit differently because she's, Victoria Newman's like very powerful with what her powers are. I, I feel like there's all the powers kind of keep each other in check. Like there's some are stronger than others. You know, it's like this like weird thing where some are better than others in certain situations, but like she seems like she has one of the stronger powers. So I'm interested to see how she evolves. And I hope that at some point Marie can get brought into the boys. Yeah, I'm interested to see which of any of these characters get brought into the boys. Because I'm sure yeah. there will be. Well, the evolution of Marie's character, like you said, in the, the beginning of the, the season with the blood, you're kind of like, that's a cool superpower, but not like incredible. And that kind of evolved as the season went. And it's like, oh, if people are bleeding out, she can put blood like back in their body. And then she had that experience with your boy Rufus, which learned you know, you know, a few, few, more, few more things with her. And then the, and the stuff with Newman. Yeah, and, and she's a very, very powerful character. Yeah, and just an interesting character. So, dude, Gen V, freaking home run of a show, man. I'm so glad we watched it. It took me, I think I didn't, I didn't start it for like three or four weeks, or maybe even longer, five or six weeks. Yeah. I think I actually watched it in the past couple of weeks when maybe even episode five or six had just aired and caught up when the finale hit last week. And honestly, dude, I'm glad I did. It was a freaking awesome show. Loved it. It ends so strong. And I'm, I'm now just, you know, clamoring now for the boys. You're getting ready for that for the season. 2024, right? That's coming 20, up. 2024. Yep. And then I think Gen V will be 20. I think they're almost like I'm like alternating. It'd be great, forward. dude. Yeah. There's more opportunities for spinoffs with this universe. I don't know if Amazon does it or not. And there's always that fear of things turning into Star Wars and diluting it if you have yes. too many spinoffs. Yep. But there, I feel like this is a universe that is ripe for more content. Yeah. There's I don't know so if they do another spinoff, but. It's very, very interesting universe, so highly recommend it. Absolutely. Love it. So that's Gen V. Gen V. Amazon Prime. What do you get next? You want to go next? 
Yeah, I'll go next. I think you're going to love this one. I watched it last night. I was blown away, and it was Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1. My Dude, God. that was next on my list. I don't know that we'll keep it going on the next ones, but so you liked it. I loved it. I, I was smiling the entire time while watching it. I, I'm so happy. you. I didn't realize you watched it this month, so I'm so excited that you did. Newsflash for anyone that's actually listening to this. I always post my grades for anything I watch on my mm-hmm. Instagram stories. And that is kind of my way of remembering when I watch. So when I kind of do this, but like anything that goes on my stories throughout the month, is probably something that I'm going to talk about on the Rashfuls. So yes, I watched it too. And I don't know what it is, man. I like Mission Impossible. I, I, I didn't like the very first Mission Impossible. Yeah. And some people kind of shit on the second Mission Impossible. I think this might be the seventh one. I've liked them all since then. Every time I, that one comes out, I feel like I want to watch it. So I don't think I've watched one since since the third one with Philip Seymour Hoffman. But you keep hearing like people are like how great it is and how awesome it is. And Fallout was supposed I never saw it, but Fallout was supposedly amazing too. Mm-hmm. I, I just love this whole thing again from beginning to end. I I thought it was just great. So what were your what were your thoughts? What did you give it for a grade? I forget. I probably gave it a B or, or a B plus. I don't okay. think he was as good as Fallout because I remember seeing Fallout and being like, wow, that was freaking incredible. And yeah. this one was really good. Yeah. I didn't love the bad guy in this one, which was basically this AI scenario. The, what's his, the entity? The entity. Yep. Because uh, I like the one with Philip Seymour Hoffman, right? Yep. I thought he was a great bad guy. I and mean, I think people as bad guys are probably better than just like this idea of this artificial yep. intelligence. So probably didn't connect with it on that level. But I don't know if that's what I'm going to see these movies for anyways. I'm going to see them for the action. Yeah. Which I think this one always delivers on. Tom Cruise always pushes the envelope on on action scenes. Are we going to talk about that? The one, the, the scene, like it is the one that they, they posted it before. It was a promotional for the movie. And we're seeing behind the scenes clips of it before. Mm-hmm. But that damn motorcycle scene, <laughs> the one. So if you haven't seen this YouTube Tom Cruise motorcycle Mission Impossible, this guy is on a cliff. and. The way it is shot, I got goosebumps watching it because I'm like, here it is. It's coming. Like, this is like the yeah. thing that we've been like seeing. And I'm watching yeah. on my little TV. And I was like, he takes off from 50 feet back on this cliff on this little motorcycle, flies off the cliff, wearing the parachute, throws the motorcycle down, goes sky free falls, and then like, lifts the parachute up. You know that is really Tom Cruise doing that. And the way it was filmed, with the drone and came around and, and the new, I was like, this literally one of the coolest action things I've ever seen in my life. Sign me up for Scientology right now. I am all in on this. <laughs> take me, take me there. Can be converted too. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, no, he, dude, he's, I don't know what it is about Tom Cruise, man. I don't love him, but I am intrigued by him. Very much so. I'm too maverick in this. Like, the guy yeah. is just, I don't know what it is. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. just, he's a movie star. He's a movie star, you know? It's just awesome to see. If you said, name a movie star, if you're playing Family Feud or something like that, yeah. like name yeah. a male movie star, like he's yeah. the epitome of a movie star, I think, yeah. to me. Yeah, I would say him and Leo are like, she's yeah. amazing movie stars. Leo, Brad Pitt, but mm-hmm. Tom Cruise does more movies mm-hmm. that are probably things that I would like, the action stuff, Ethan Hunt yeah. stuff, and all is all very interesting. No, it's pretty good too, like the train stuff. I, I think I like train scenes in movies. I think that they're just, you can always do some like cool stuff on trains. Good show. The train, well, that was happening. But go, going going back to Tom Tom Cruise stuff too, because you remember the production of this movie. I don't know if you remember this or not. 
but major COVID problems. They were mm-hmm. filming during COVID, and there was that. Remember the Tom Cruise wing? So that was like came up on the set of this movie, and if you, he was him yelling at his production set because they weren't like wearing masks, and he was like swearing. He's like literally the whole movie industry is like dependent on this. When now to do a good job with this, don't f this up for us. And I was like, almost like, this is like warranted. This guy cares so much about making good movies and what he does. I got to respect it. You know, it was, I thought it was a phenomenal movie. Didn't you refuse to let this movie go to directly on demand or whatever? And like he demanded a theatrical release of this movie. When a lot of production companies were going to on demand and in the theater, he said, mm-hmm. no, this is going no. only in the theater. And, and it's almost like, we're, and I just read today, actually, unfortunately, that Part two, which is unless they change the title or whatever, but it got delayed another year because of the writing strike. So it's not going to. So they're not doing Dead Reckoning Part Two. No, they changed the name. I know it's very weird. It's so dumb when they do that stuff, anyways. Like no one just. Yeah. But at this point, we're in this Mission Impossible universe. Yeah. We're obviously continuing stories. There's no need for it to be Dead Reckoning Part One, Dead Reckoning Part Two. Have it be Dead Reckoning and then whatever, and then obviously it's continuing the story. There's stories and threads continued from previous. Mission Impossible. Yeah. You know, like it's. Uh, I always think that that sounds dumb. Just anything that has like part one and part two in the freaking title, I don't love so, it. So, it, uh, yeah. So, and they just got delayed now. So that's not coming out till twenty twenty five. That's one movie now. So you want to see it? In yeah. So, a couple of things about this this movie though. The women just might do a movie uh, or TV show a month with Rebecca Ferguson. Just um, because she's kind of taken over. She's like kind of becoming our like. Rehashables constant. Uh, uh, she's the friend that connects all of our rehashable cast. Big Rebecca Ferguson guy, say it every every month. She's awesome, dude. She's great. But honestly, I think Haley Atwell is even. She stole it. Yeah, better. yeah. And I did not. I didn't even connect the dots on the fact that she was in the Marvel universe when I was watching. Yeah. I don't know why. Just you because Peggy it. Carter looked you, different. You hate Captain. You're like anti Captain. More like the Russian equivalent guy, the guy that's in Stranger Things or whatever that guy's name is. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've never watched the Captain America movies. I don't know why. Yeah. I guess yeah. Peggy Carter is an extension of those movies, but she always was different. She always looked yeah. different. I guess she was younger. But uh, yeah. when I saw her in this movie, I was like, she looks familiar. And then I found out what she was, and obviously that was what it was. Um, but I thought she was great too. So yeah, some good female performances for sure. And the bad girl, the bad girl, girl was great too. Yeah. Which one? Which one? The, the one with the swords? Asian yeah, one? Well, so Clementif. You know who that is? No. That's a Mantis from Guardians. That's mind-blowing. She crushed it. Crushed That's it in this movie. Yeah. She was awesome. It's so hard this. to see because like Mantis's eyes are so... Yeah, yeah they're like big. Unique yeah. in, the, in, in the Marvel stuff that I didn't even freaking realize it. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah, she was in it. I, I thought I thought it was great. And the last thing I just wanted to, to say about this was I don't know if you saw the report that came out a couple of weeks ago was like after President Biden watched Mission Impossible, I, it, was, it was like a more of a headline type thing. But he changed it's like big policy now came down for like AI stuff. And there was more to it than, than obviously that. But like nope, that's all there is to it. It's just that movie. Yeah. It's just that movie. It's like I gotta, you gotta do something about this. But it was like the shit that like that was, it was like that was the stuff that ai is going to control us like that it's not going to be like the skynet type stuff i don't think it's like the all online responding to people you think you're talking to someone but you're really talking to a robot when ethan hunt was running through the streets of venice and he was getting simon Pegg's voice but it was the ai 
Like yeah. that was like, like, this is what would happen. This is awesome. There's, and there's nothing you can do about it. Nothing you can do about it. In, in the moment, it seemed like there was nothing you could do about it. Like this thing is just in 100% control of the situation. Yeah, so go all, all analog as Vin Rames was doing in that movie at the end. So. Exactly. So there's yeah. something about Mission Impossible movies that I love. And it cracks me up every time. And it's and, the masks. Yeah. Like I can't get enough of the idea that these people can throw masks on and look like other people. So when yep. Harry Atwell threw on the mask and became the White Widow, I'm like, is she the same height, same body type? Like they have the little thing that goes on the voice that changes of course, their of voice. They have a theme for the voice, but yeah, like <laughs> I look different. Like there's, it's freaking ridiculous. But like it's awesome that they throw these great, great masks on that 100 percent conceal their identity, and I, it's just a funny little unrealistic thing of the movies that is really specific only to Mission Impossible movies. I don't know anyone else. I mean, maybe my last movie on the list today will kind of get to some of this stuff if that's a little bit of a hint, but nothing else like that in any other movie. It's so, it's so true. Me, it's the dialogue. I thought it was so freaking funny the beginning, the, the part where they're talking to the director of, I don't know, Central Intelligence or whatever, and there's like four of his prominent like, people like in there, and yeah. they're all talking in one sentence. Like, they each just say one sentence, and the next person, like, picks up one sentence, and then the next person picks up, like, it's unbelievable how the dialogue happens. And I was laughing, like, while watching, like, nobody talks like this, but goddamn, it's effective. I think it's brilliant and so funny, because it's just great. They can get away with that stuff, you know? I'm so glad you watched that one. I did not expect you to, so. It was great. So, I'm, I'm ha I love it when we watch the same, the same stuff. So, I mm -hmm. did not plan that. That's great. Did not, did not. Honestly, I don't plan really any of it, except for the, the Gen V. We knew we were doing it. But, all right, I'm just going to keep it going for you, pal. What do you have next on your list? This is the David Beckham documentary. Really? Called Beckham. It was in freaking incredible. I absolutely loved it. Um, it's four episodes. I was going to ask. Like, okay, so it's four episodes. Four like hour-long episodes. I knew nothing about David Beckham before, other than... He's more of a posh place, and he's obviously a ridiculously good-looking man. How him and I are the same species, I have no idea. I was just looking at this guy, and I'm like, you, you're unbelievable, dude. You're yeah. literally I, I thought he was a good soccer player. Didn't know, like, he was, like, an like an unbelievable soccer player. Like, he was, like, an incredible soccer player. I always thought he was more known for his, like, good looks and, again, being married to a Spice Girl. But his arc... Of, of playing soccer, which again, I know nothing about, I know nothing about European soccer, mm -hmm. the Premier League and the World Cup and all that kind of stuff. I was just on the edge of my seat the entire time because of the, the huge matches that he played in and the outcomes of it. It was just, it was a brilliant documentary. Brilliant. Wow. So I know nothing about David Beckham. Yeah. I actually wondered if he was as good as maybe I remember him to be. Everyone remembers the phrase, bend it like Beckham. And yeah, he thought he was good. But like, is he like Messi good? Is he Cristiano Ronaldo good? Is he like as good as some of these guys that are like the best in the world? Or is he just was really good at the time, but he was never quite that level. I don't know if you got an answer to that watching the documentary. I, I got, I don't think he's those guys, but he, he, it was like, he was those guys in England, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. You know what I mean? Like yeah. those guys you think of in like the world stage. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like how, how they are in like the World Cup tournaments. But he was like that good, but in like England. Mm -hmm. But I think you would, definitely you and Tara show. And Tara would mm -hmm. love it uh, as well. 
it was just such a weird time because it was early 2000s, late 90s. So you were in high school and in college during those times. I remember when he came to the MLS, dude. That was a big story. Like, I would watch a little bit of soccer when he was on TV. They had a huge, the, the last chapter is kind of the end of his career about that. He played with Landon Donovan. I don't know if you know who Landon Donovan is. He's like, the only American soccer Donovan. player who I know, who I know. Just an incredible story. And he's so, so likable. Uh, a couple of things. The soundtrack for this is just fantastic. It reminded mm-hmm. me of The Last Dance, where I feel like all the songs were just so perfect it's and terrific. really enhanced it. That, and I thought Paul Spice, Victoria Beckham, like secretly won the movie. She was hilarious. It came across as very down to earth people. It was wow. really, really, really well done. Um, and then last fun fact, it was directed by Fisher Stevens. I mean, to you, you know, Fisher Stevens. He is the guy in freaking Succession, right? Yes, you know, you know. Succession. In, in yes, succession. I didn't know that. He directed so that. Jesus he Christ. directed. Wow. I guess he's an Academy Award-winning documentary director. He directed a movie in 2010 called Cove. It's a that big dolphin movie that came out back then. He, he directed hey, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Did you think I was going to get that right? No, no. I thought there was a 5% chance you were going to get that right. Dominated that, by no, the way. Oh, you should be very impressed. Because I'm, I'm impressed that you just got <laughs> that you figure Steven was that. That guy, he dated Michelle Pfeiffer for like four years in the 90s. Michelle Pfeiffer. That might be his greatest accomplishment. I wonder what he looks like back then. Not much different. Um, so the figures. But he, because he kind of inserts himself in this documentary. But I'm shouting from the rooftops here. I really loved this documentary i think you would like it and i hope i hope you give it a chance because i thought it was so well done and i'm a huge david beckham fan now because of it love it I get you a beckham jersey for christmas i saw a trailer for netflix sports documentaries i'm like where the hell did i see this but they showed you know the the drive to survive they showed the full swing stuff they showed a few other document like quarterbacks was in this but then mm-hmm. also the beckham documentary that you're talking about and when I was watching, I was like, man, they have some good sports documentaries. They Netflix do. really like hits it out of the out of the park with their documentaries. So I feel, for like, that they reason, the, I feel like they took the belt from like ESPN because 30 for 30s mm-hmm. haven't been, I haven't seen a 30 for 30 in a while. And now they're doing mm-hmm. this untold and all the sports stuff was, was really awesome. And I think you would like it. So I, I would definitely recommend watching this. Love it, dude. Definitely moved Certainly. a little bit higher on my list. Please, yeah, give it a chance, everybody. It's awesome documentary. It's so good. Okay, love it. All right, you ready for number three for me? Yep. Weird month for me, so this is kind of funny. T Swift Eras Tour movie. I, I was praying this was going to be on your list. I was praying this was going to be on there. So go. That's, on. I probably would not have had it on there if I had watched more stuff, obviously. But since I did go see it, and it is a movie technically, um, I'm throwing it on the list, dude. I went to go see it first weekend. It's freaking crazy. What, what what was uh, your experience like in the theater? What was it like in the theater? What was everything like? Dude, it was great, man. I mean, first of all, the girls loved it. So that was what it was all worth it, right? Aubrey was singing every song. There was mostly a full theater. What? So was it that kind of vibe? What It was like a sing. Like people were like enjoying themselves, right? It's not like a typical movie. It's experience. not like any other movie you've, you've ever been to, or at least that I can remember going to. The mm-hmm. girls dressed up in like Taylor Swift stuff. They had their bracelets on. You know, it felt like... I'll, some version of going to see a Taylor Swift concert and I took pictures outside and all that fun stuff, but we got our seats and it was mostly full. I bet you said it was 75% full probably for the, I think it was a six thirty showing on the Sunday of the opening weekend. 
And yeah, the vibe was of people having a good time. You know, there's kids dancing on the sides, dancing the aisles, singing songs. There's two hours and 45 minutes. I enjoyed it. I mean, I know all these songs at this point, And so I recognize most of the songs. And it was, you know, as I'm watching, I'm like, this is crazy that we're even watching this. And I'm surprised that more bands don't do it. I, Taylor Swift no is one. like a unique scenario yeah. right now. So not everyone could get like a sold out theater. I told you at the time, I think on one of these podcasts that I had bought tickets for this mm-hmm. movie like a month and a half in advance and how I had never bought a ticket for any movie more than like a week in advance. Maybe if anything, it was maybe some Star Wars movie like 10 years ago, but like in general, I don't buy movie tickets a month in advance. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that any other band or act could pull this off, but it did make me think that like, why do we have to see movie movies in movie theaters? Like a concert mm-hmm. movie is a thing to see in a movie theater or a sporting event or just even a documentary i don't know just it was it was a different type of experience but had a lot of fun doing it with the girls it was definitely something that i won't forget and i'm glad we got a chance to see it there only thing i'm pissed off off about is i didn't <laughs> see it yeah. i think i told you that. yeah i think That's i bought the ticket so far in advance that imax was not for sale at the time mm-hmm. and I honestly didn't think it was anything other than IMAX. So I think when mm-hmm. I bought the tickets, I thought that I was buying the IMAX seats mm-hmm. until a few days before. And I realized that I just bought in a regular movie theater. So I was kind of bummed about that. I bet you it was probably awesome IMAX. I'm a huge T-Swift fan. Heather is a huge T-Swift fan. So much so she's actually in Argentina. Right uh-huh. now, going to be seeing Taylor Swift in concert down there on Thursday. Which is the day that this podcast posts. So if you're listening to this podcast on the day it comes out, Heather is at T-Swift right now. She's at T-Swift watching her, which is insane. But I'm going to put you on the spot. What are your top three Taylor Swift songs? I like... It's going to sound ridiculous when I actually put this up. I've always liked Are You Ready For It? I think that... Let me just say, I have no, like, critical taste for any of these things. You know, like, (laughs) I don't... Like what makes a good song a good song? What gets you going? What's slow down? Let me get back to you. There's a reason why I say this, but are you ready for it? Love that because the documentary on Netflix, which I've watched 27,000 times, starts out <laughs> with that song. And I think it's a great start to that documentary. Love Bejeweled. Very strange pick. Love yeah. Bejeweled. Listen to that one all the time with the girls. Ah, then it's probably like Getaway Car, King of My Heart, something on, you know, I think I like that Reputation <laughs> album. How about you? Me? I'm more, I like old, so I was always in Ontario Swift since back in college. So I'm going three, number three would be You Belong to Me. I love that song. Absolutely fire song. Amazing. Number two for me is Blank Space. Always great. So I have a lot of good memories with that song, weirdly enough. And the number the number one song for me, I don't care. I think it's a freaking one of the songs in a room. You're going to laugh. It's all too well, 10 minute version. 10 minute version. I mean, you said it's a freaking, song. freaking unbelievable song. Ten minute version, all too well. Give inject that into my veins. I love that song. I feel like I'm talking to El Prez right now. Yeah. I should say, this is yeah. like what, this is like an El Prez emergency press conference top three Taylor Swift yeah. songs. But hey, dude, I believe it. She has probably like thirty songs that I don't yeah. hate listening to. So it's yeah. it's actually pretty remarkable. Yeah. That, um, I mean, even still, dude, anytime I bring the kids to school, it's like, put on Taylor Swift, and it's like, okay, which we're picking the Red Album, we're picking Midnight's, yeah. or eh, it's freaking incredible. So that was, that was a night to remember. Glad we got a chance to see it. I'm sure some streaming company will pick this up, Apple, Netflix, and then yes. this freaking content will be on at our house 24-7 for the next, like, yeah. two years. 
Till the next and time. She, and congrats to her. She just I just uh, saw she joined the billionaire club or whatever. She's a billionaire. So it's freaking yeah, incredible. Awesome. Yeah. Good for her. Unbelievable. So anyway, that was the third thing that I yep. saw this month. And awesome. Great. Love it. Yeah. I love it. I'm, I was hoping it was going to be on your list. I'm glad it is. So number four for me, you know, that was just really good. This is my old movie. My old movie of, of the month. I had to watch something scary because Halloween was coming up at the time. And I thought it was good. Like, I tried everyone to watch it, but I saw Poltergeist. I saw the original Poltergeist that came out in 1982. Steven Spielberg production. Craig T. Nelson is in it. I don't remember, remember Craig T. Nelson? Coach. Coach, that's how exactly. I mean, I remember we watched Coach growing up at, with mom, growing up at the house. And it was like the first haunted house movie that became like a blockbuster, made a shit ton of money. That's what it is. Poltergeist is basically a ghost. It's a haunted movie. It's a haunted house movie where these things kind of come through the TV. The most famous scene in it is this like cute little six-year-old blonde girl looking at a static TV screen. And she looks back at the camera and goes, they're here. It's like a famous haunted movie. I, I don't want to go talk about too much into it because I think we spent a lot of time with the earlier stuff that's more worthy of talking about. Yeah. But that was a great movie. I wanted to cross it off my list. Good haunted house movie. Very Spielberg fielding. Uh, yep. just, you know, you just tell it's like a Spielberg type movie with how it's filmed and the, the, the musical elements and that kind of stuff. So again, I don't want to spend a ton of time on it, but Poltergeist, good, good original haunted house movie. One of those movies I've seen the cover of at Home Vision Video or something like that when I was a kid. You know that that image of the girl in front of the TV screen. Yeah. Just a movie I never watched. Yeah. I, when I hear you talk about that, it's like I hope that at some point as the girls get older, we can start picking off some of these classic horror movies around Halloween time. They're way too young for that stuff now. Yes. But like yeah. as they get older, it'd be, be kind of cool to revisit a movie like that, The Exorcist, or just any of these old 70s, 80s horror movies, even Halloween. Because just seeing how it held up, you know what I mean? There were some special effects that look a little dated, but like there's a lot of practical effects. You know, mm. I love the practical effect look, you know, mm. and, and I think, you know, it held up really well. The movie's 41 years old. It was great. It was very, 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 very good movie. So I, I would give it a, probably a B. B minus. So, so, so really Love good. it, dude. All right, you ready for number four for me? What's number four for you? No. This is a movie. I gave you a hint about it when we're talking Mission Impossible. This is a movie that I've seen before, but we watched it this month with the kids, and I thought it would be fun to talk about because I don't have anything else. And it's Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> the mask technology is not quite as good as Mission Impossible. Yeah. Robin Williams does a pretty good job. So. Dude, it's tough to get the kids to watch like an older movie. Yeah, it really is. Like just movies were different back then. Mrs. Doubtfire is a lot different than the stuff that comes out now. But we somehow got them to watch it, and they freaking really liked it. There was a maybe a week or two where we watched it every like. Let me just say the kids are usually like getting ready to a movie or right before bed they're watching a movie to wind down, and we'll put on whatever we've been watching a lot of lately. We've moved on from Mrs. Doubtfire, but the fact that they revisited Mrs. Doubtfire in the mornings or before bed for a week or two it was a sign that they liked it. So Mrs. Doubtfire is a freaking classic. Robin Williams is the man. And I just don't make movies like that anymore. That's what I was going to say, was the girls were introduced to an absolute icon in Robin Williams. Like Robin yeah. Williams at that time was, I mean, you had, it was the voice of the genie. You had yeah. Adams, which was a huge movie. He was a good hunting. You might not remember Mork and Mindy too, but when we were kids, oh, yeah. I feel like I'd fall asleep to Nick at night. And Mork Absolutely. and Mindy was big on Nick at Night. So, I mean, dude, he's a freaking legend. And it's honestly, 
you see a glimpse of it when he's, you might not remember this in the movie, but this, the beginning of the movie, he's doing these, all these voices and you just kind of see like how brilliant he is at that stuff. He was always very animated and the voices he did, it was just incredible. He was so good. At, like not many people could turn it on like that with the voices and be really over the top and funny. But then also his serious side of like, mm-hmm. being like I remember like when he like, you know, was, lost his kids in the custody and had to like, Walk at the end when you know in the restaurant scene when the mask is coming off and he's all embarrassed like he had incredible like serious acting and won an Academy Award you know yeah I mean Google Hunting he was was a completely different thing like he could actually act besides being a comedian that was in movies or TV shows he was was so lovable so lovable you know what I mean he was just a big kid you know Mm -hmm. and I watched that movie a thousand times growing up and you know I had the young girl from Matilda who's in there you got. Pierce Brosnan was the, was the boyfriend, Sally Fields, the wife. Yeah. It's an unbelievable uh, cast, and it's a great movie. I'm happy that you're, like, you're doing that, introducing the girls and stuff, because they're great movies. I'm glad that it held up, you know? It took 20 minutes to when it started to be, like, the first part is just, like, family drama and custody stuff, and yeah. it took 20 minutes before we finally got to Mrs. Doubtfire, but from the time Mrs. Doubtfire is introduced to the end of the movie is kind of electric. So a couple different things. There's a scene when he's done being Mrs. Doubtfire the day with, for the day with his family and gets back to his apartment and the social worker lady is getting there to do a check on him. And then he goes into the house and he just act like his, his sister or cousin or something like that. And he has the whipped cream on the face. And it was ridiculous. The fact that he fooled that lady is, I mean, I mean, it's crazy. You know, like, that. that's good. Yeah, she was not good at her job. She was a terrible she, social worker. Yeah, I mean, she yes. was. She was tough. But it was just yes. like a, a pretty funny scene. A little bit of tension of like, how's he going to pull this off? And it, it was it was something that made me laugh. I want to point out his brother. His brother's name's Harvey Firestein. Oh, and yeah. I, oh I yeah. feel like he's like a that guy. He was and in Independence Day. His boy. That's what I was going to ask you. Okay, you knew. Like, that's the reason he's a that guy for me is because he was in Independence Day. I was looking at his filmography, and it was nothing that, that really struck me. He's had a career, but like in, Independence Day was the thing that. And he was that a I, huge Broadway guy. I remember, I remember like when he was like matchmaker, matchmaker, making. I remember he was so he was hilarious. And he's like, can you? My lawyer was like, can you make me a woman or whatever? And he's like, I thought you never asked. I thought you never asked. His voice is so unique. Like it's uh, so distinctive. Yeah, he's great. I think he's still. I think he's still doing doing some stuff. He's doing that he cool, man. I mean, shit. Like you know, Sally Fields. I think she was in eighty for Brady, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, Sally Fields eighty yeah. for Brady. She was just in. She was in Winning Time. So crushing. So I only say that because, like, this movie's freaking thirty something years old, probably. Yeah. Like these people are old. So if that guy's still alive, like he's probably like an old man. I mean, dude not to get sidetracked, but like, I think of like the dad from home alone, that guy died a few years ago. And I remember seeing a picture of him before he died. And I was like, man, that guy's so old. But then it's like, these movies are all so old, you know, you're, yeah, know. you're looking at yeah. all these people on screen and you think that that's what they look like now. And it's like, you realize they're all freaking 30, 40 years older than, than it's... what they look like when we see them on TV. I didn't realize he passed away. That is sad. Yeah. He's that's, that's, it's true. I mean, it's 1995. You know, this movie came out. I mean, look at Almost. this. Robin Williams. Robin Williams has been nine years. Nine years since he passed. It's freaking nuts. I, that was one of those things I remember exactly where I was. When where were you? He, I was in walking on the industry in Newburyport, right by the yeah. And I found my phone and saying Robin Williams. 
and um, he he was just so tonic and full of life. He never he never you know it was incredible. So he was he was the best. He was the best. So I thought that would so, be a fun one to talk about. Good, good little memories. I try to. I mean, I, I would probably want to watch about something new and talk about something new, but it had probably been twenty years since I've seen Mrs. Doubtfire, and it seemed like a fun one to. to no, I'm um, glad. That's an awesome, mm -hmm. awesome idea. Awesome idea to do that. So, what are you looking forward to this month? Anything like on your radar? Like, yes. Is there something like I'm going to watch this in the next few weeks? I think I'm back on board with Loki. I'm going to think I'm going to start that tonight or this week. I've heard just Loki's just incredible, yeah. incredible stuff. So I think Loki yeah. is going to become my next thing I'm going to watch. This one, you're going to laugh at me for this one, but just came back, Invincible, on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Again, which is, it's a, it's a cartoon, adult cartoon type show, all based on superhero type no, stuff. Dude. It's I mean, that's a freaking we like. That's cool. I, I, awesome. I'll be interested to hear about it. Can you post it on it? Maybe I tried to jump on board. I just couldn't get into that first one, but you never know what's on my mind while I'm watching some of these things sometimes. And I give it another look. And, and uh, I, I could be down to check it out, but I heard good things about that show. You've told me great. good things about it. And then I don't know. I got to go look some, see some new movies that might be coming out you know, on streaming and stuff that I'll be watching. And but you, know, oh Godzilla, uh, Godzilla but, starts next week too. So Godzilla on on uh, I'll, on I'll, Apple. I'll probably TV. move that onto the list. I I definitely liked the trailer when I saw that. Loki's probably that thing though for me because I've heard the same things that you probably heard or read. Just like that last few episodes have been really really good. So I'll look forward to checking that out. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is on oh, Netflix. that's a good one. It is? It's on Netflix. Yeah. So I, I heard good things about it. I like that first one. Might check that Love out. The first one. But yeah, I mean, sometimes I just go to like the Apple rankings of movies and see what's new. And and if there's anything that catches my eye, I'll probably grab it, buy it, or rent it. But uh, Are you entire watching anything finishing up right now? Or? Dude, we're so freaking crazy, man. It's, yeah. it's weird. You know, like just we haven't been able to get back into something. So maybe Beckham will be it. Maybe it'll be the beer Absolutely. season two. Yeah, have all over Beckham. We'll see. So good, awesome, but that was fun. Awesome, dude. All right, good month. We dominated. I will look forward to doing it again next month. All right, pal. All right, pal. Thank you. All right, see you.